Hey, and okay. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Hi! I just got a Discord message when I was about to start. I'm Hi. sorry. I'm so sorry. Hello and welcome. <laughs> Wait, give me a second. Hello and welcome everyone to this week's episode of Double DM Podcast, where we will be talking about letting chaos reign at your table, inviting chaos to control the game as much as it can, and probably putting away a few strings that you control as a game master, and why that is a good thing for you. So, without further ado, let's ask my co-host the first question of the episode, since this is the recap and not the actual episode. Niels, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Absolutely fine. Had a lovely week so far, but now it will turn to shit. Probably. Because you're recording with me. No, no, no. That's still part of the good one. Good part. I th I think so. I hope so. Probably. We'll see. Christmas time is starting in regards of sales and people are just crazy as people be. So yeah, it's going to be stressful from mm -hmm. now on. But other than that, totally fine. Uh -huh. How about you? How was your uh, week? Um, good. Um, yeah. But I don't have the holiday stress of working in retail, but also, right, I have the holiday stress of normal work, which is, okay, at the end of the year, we want mm -hmm. to have everything as finished as possible in any project at any given time, right? Yeah. Find a good place to work towards until the end of December. And that is that. Because, right, my project that I've been doing, the phase one is completely finished. Phase two is completely finished and now basically phase three starts. And we did this in iterating stages because right at the first we wanted the bare bones so it actually works in our system. Because mm -hmm. as soon as it works in our system, we can build on top of that. The last two months were spent mostly improving the process, the input and output processes and making everything basically look up to standard and basically defining a new standard for how things are supposed to look. Mm -hmm. Right Before when we were generating documents it was had to be done by hand. Now it is all done by one press of a button and the documents look better than before, right? And this Perfect. is a new standard. And that is now there. And now the third process is, okay, what is the further process after we've done everything in this certain process, right? So we've done this process, but this is a process that is current, that, that is used in all different other processes too, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, it is connected to a lot of the different things. And now the question is, now that we've improved this, how can we from there improve the other processes as well? All right. Right. We generate normal documents for this process. Now those documents are used to generate different things. How mm -hmm. can we basically, since we are generating the documents, meaning in our system, every single thing that generates these documents is in the system. How could we from that generate the other thing so it doesn't have to be done by hand anymore? All right. Right. How can we mm -hmm. basically integrate this into a larger structure to eradicate most of the done by hand processes mm -hmm. so that the only process by hand is the actual basically quality assurance because that is something yeah. the system cannot do there needs yeah. to be someone looking at this and saying yep that looks good that doesn't look good we need to change something here the question is just when we have all the inputs someone needs to make sure that the inputs are at the right place. Mm -hmm. And then when the inputs are at the right place, someone needs to make sure that these inputs have been processed correctly by the system. And when they say that has been processed correctly, the system does the rest itself, right? But we need these two steps. These mm -hmm. two steps have to be done by hand just by how it works. Yeah, I, mm -hmm. and that is basically that. So um, I have my next, I have basically the next presentation for phase two next Friday. And after that, it's basically phase three, looking at the basically 
beyond the horizon of this project itself and how it can be better integrated with the other processes that rely on it. Mm -hmm. So I'm very happy because my project is basically finished. Perfect. Yeah, business work, right? <laughs> so that's been my week. I've worked all, all of my hours already on this Thursday. So I'm free. I have a long weekend, basically, of four Perfect. days. Perfect. Um, to edit podcasts, prep TTRPGs, because I have to prep a lot for the next coming weeks. And I don't know, brain wrote over TTRPG characters. Perfect. So that's Perfect. that. Yeah, in regards to TTRPGs, did you have any sessions this week? Not this week. This week is, I think, one more week that is TTRPG free for me mm -hmm. completely, depending on if we play tomorrow on Friday the 13th, because mm -hmm. that is still not decided really, right? Yeah. For good reasons. So yeah, Tuesday, um, we were supposed to play or record another session of one of our actual players. However, one of the players um, did not sleep at all the night before, wanted to try to get some sleep in before, but were unable to for some reason their insomnia just kicked in and they weren't able to sleep and then i made the call i don't want you to overdo yourself and we just wait for two weeks before we record the next ep for this episode that we were scheduling I don't, yeah. I don't care i don't need you to 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 overwork yourself first of all and second of all i don't want to keep you from sleeping if you want to go to sleep like two hours earlier than usual that mm -hmm. night because i would understand it so just had to cancel that um unfortunately the gm for my thursday game is sick so that also fell through and yeah friday the 13th i don't know if we are doing anything in that group and then the weekend is actually free which is good for me which is mm -hmm. very good because then i have some time again to to rest and also on sunday i now plan to at least for this month and the next i plan on also going to another kendo training session every Sunday mornings. Okay. In the middle of November, there is the Berlin team championship okay which i'm gonna be a part of i'm gonna Perfect. be part of cool. one of the two teams um, mm -hmm. that for my um for my dojo more or less mm -hmm. and well i should be first of all attending the fighting practices that we do on sundays to get some more experience and also uh, meet the organizer of our team mm -hmm. uh, who i have not met yet at all because i never am able to get to the training uh, times where he is normally there so i'm trying my best to now get to that as often as possible on Sunday. Sundays. And right. I'm very, I'm very, I'm very excited to get my first tournament experience. Mm. Looking forward to hearing more about this. Mm. I wish you the best of luck. Break a leg, or please don't. But mm -hmm. you know, no, I'm, maybe I will break a leg. <laughs> <laughs> please, no. please don't. It just hurts. So okay, okay. I've talked way too long for this recap. How how was your how was your week? I know. Uh, did you have anything TTRPG related? <laughs> My Tuesday session fell through as well. But I mean, it's sickness season, kind of again. So uh, yeah, people got sick, especially those who work in, in school schools um, mm. are predestined for that uh, and we have two people who work at school uh, at schools currently yeah. one of them got sick it happens it happens no biggie and um, <laughs> yeah as a fallback plan a friend of mine of that group and uh, myself we started or had a session zero about a potential duet play fallback campaign that when something along those lines happens again because we just want to play D&D or TTRPGs in general a bit like Will in season two of Stranger Things. I just want to play D&D, man. We're both like that. So we just had a session zero of uh, for a duet play campaign, basically, that we just only play when the other plans fall through. So looking forward 
to hopefully mm. not getting to play that, but getting to play that eventually. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'd rather yeah. play with the full group, but if I can't, I'm glad that we uh, that I have something to fall back to as well. Yeah, I mean, it's not the same when you're not playing with the full group, but it's nice to, to basically have a fallback plan. Be that, okay, let's everyone else do one shot, or let's just do something us two or us three out of this five six person group because right we just want to play so why don't we make something else as a fallback plan exactly so no one no one misses anything of the uh, big action or the story or whatever where they've put so much sweat blood mm. and tears into from yeah. themselves and their characters yeah. so and and this duet session or campaign is only when everyone else can uh, can also not make it or don't doesn't want to run a one shot or anything in between so if it's just session would fall through otherwise and you would just sit at home crying yourself to sleep exactly this so then i can cry myself to sleep after that because the session was amazing no mm. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah and I then see. potentially but probably not tomorrow so oh yeah okay yeah friday yeah yeah but yeah, we no, nothing on the weekends for you as well nope when's the next time we record an actual play uh, i think it's the um sunday in three weeks the fifth right yeah the fifth yeah the fifth fifth is the next recording session yeah okay perfect <laughs> it will be a big one yeah it will be a big one and i am scared i am very hope, very very i hope scared. it will be an emotional one as well oh no <laughs> maybe i'm building a complete island alone hmm. no indications on or no inspiration let's see let's see oh no everyone needs is very mean to me right now tell him to shut up nope Oh, Not gonna God. happen. <laughs> no, but, but 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 me, but me and another player have been obsessing about what the last island could be, and we have had very many ideas that we all don't want to happen. <laughs> Let's see how many weird. I can hit without knowing them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, every island you've made so far for that actual play has been amazing. Thank you. So I am sure the last one will be just as great, if not even greater than all of them. Well, I think the last one or the last two were pretty fucking amazing. So it's hard to beat that. Not gonna lie. Yeah, but you've done it. I th I thought the last one was so much greater than the one before that, and I thought that one would have been the epitome of everything. <laughs> possible yes and then you though. made something even greater <laughs> so i assume that something is gonna come even greater. but i think that that's actually one fun thing about ttrpgs playing with such a group as we are playing with right the island itself was not necessarily the greatest just basically but the players made it greater so or at least exactly. the group made it greater mm -hmm. right? the collaboration of everything just put it on a whole nother level we as five people made it the best it could be and exactly. I think that was amazing. Yeah. And I assume that everyone wants to step it up a notch for this island as well. And therefore, it's going to be so stepped too. up a notch. And yep. I am scared of that. I, I am because so here for it. I've I can't been having an, a single idea for like a week already in my head that okay. when that actually comes to be, I will, after that session, drive over to you and strangle <laughs> you to death. <laughs> no, for legal reasons, that's a joke. <laughs> but yes mm -hmm. i like there are a few ideas in my head that if they come to be i would be 
very, very sad. Yeah. Okay. 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 I'm I'm excited to see what's going or what's going to happen. Probably gonna prep something for that on the weekend as well because my weekend is except work nothing. So yeah, fun stuff. Fun stuff. <laughs> so yeah. I, I have nothing else to talk about. Me neither. Um, so we should just jump right into our episode on chaos and inviting it at your table and how you as a GM can lay the groundwork for chaos to take rain. Hey, listener, how are you enjoying the show so far? Tell us about it in whatever way you see fit. Go to our social media pages and add us or DM us about your favorite episode of the show. We would love to hear from you on what impact our show might have had on your home games. Or you could review us on your podcast app of choice and leave us a nice message with a five-star review. And if you want to go above and beyond, bring a friend into the fold. Tell them about our show and refer us to them so they can get a piece of the pie as well. Thank you for listening to Double DM and joining us on this incredible journey. Okay, Niels. One thing that I'm thinking about most of the time constantly when it comes to TTRPGs is chaos, in a mm -hmm. word at least. This is something we have to unpack in a big way. Because chaos can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons. To lay the groundwork, uh, in my world, Min, which people have heard about a lot on this show already, you know a lot about, the ground standing force of magic is chaos. This world was created by beings of a higher power that all at some point decided to leave. They left behind their magic, their powers, or a fragment of that. Residual energy, basically. That energy combined from all of these different beings into something that is not necessarily a tameable thing. It is an entity and at the same time it's not, it's completely unexplainable and it is called chaos by the people that study it and by the people that live in this world. Mm -hmm. It is basically, if you want to go from a magic user's perspective, chaos is unbound, uncheckable magic. Mm -hmm. It is uncontrollable, it is volatile as heck, and it is dangerous. And wizards, sorcerers, warlocks, whatever, gain their powers through being able to at least control a bit of chaos around them. Mm -hmm. And then there's also a lot of other sides to this plot of magic, more or less, in my world that, for example, the two moons, um, if they are in current constellations, magic goes volatile because suddenly these casters cannot control their magic anymore. Or at the same time, their magic abilities and their capabilities just disappear because the moons disrupt chaos around this world and suddenly your control over chaos is non-existent because the chaos you control is not there anymore. Mm -hmm. But it's called chaos. And I named it that way for a specific reason. Okay. When I think about TTRPGs, there's an element to games, to playing these games with my table that would be described as, this is a chaotic table. This is a chaotic game, right? What the fuck is happening? Weird shit everywhere, all laughing, um, having fun. It's chaos, right? Everyone mm -hmm. has said this about playing TTRPGs at their tables. Oh, my tables are so chaotic. My players are such chaos gremlins, whatever the 
fuck you want to say. Mm -hmm. It is something that we more or less universally as a hobby, as a space, say about this hobby space and our games. It's chaos. And I think that's because it's the best word to describe it so we can all get on the same page. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, that's true. My tables are chaotic. But what does chaos mean for me? And then I said, okay, yeah, it does mean this specific thing for me. I think I want to implement this basically meta joke into my settings because there's a value behind chaos at your tables. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And having a force named chaos basically just incentivizes my players and everyone at the table to invite more chaos into their play because it's not just something that happens at the table. The game itself is chaos incarnate because yeah. everything is kind of touched by chaos anyway. Also, it's, it's a little bit cheeky. I'm not going to lie, but it's fun. Yeah. Amazing. But Love it. That is what we are going to talk about today. Inviting chaos at your table, embracing it, and playing with it. And therefore, I need to ask the first question of today. Niels, in the best way possible, define chaos. Okay, I would say chaos is not necessarily only the element of randomness, but not knowing what will happen next, but still having nearly all the possibilities available to happen next. Uh, just a bit of uncertainty, you could say. Yeah, I, I would say the certainty that something is about to happen, but the uncertainty of what it is for me as a game master. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because I know some, uh, my players will do something, but I don't know what. And then I have to run with it. Mm -hmm. And I think that would be the best definition that I can come up with currently is the certainty that something will happen, but the uncertainty of what. Th that would describe it for me best or define mm -hmm. it for me best. Do you have any additions or a I think, whole different definition of it? I think, I think what you're saying is very strong. Very true and kind of goes to the same direction or same point that I am making, right? What we want from GTRPGs at the end of the day is that something happens and that we are able to have fun with whatever happens. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what actually happens, just that something happens. And I think chaos, right, by, you could say, literary definition, right? It was, it was a word defined by the Greeks, chaos, which more or less talks about a state of unorderness of no one being in true control of what is happening. And when you look at that, that is exactly what you want, right? In a TTRPG, you as a game master, sure, you control the strings. Sure, your players control their characters. But no one knows the whole story. Because exactly. if they would, you wouldn't have to play it. Exactly. And I think uh, this is where the chaos part comes in, really. is uh, Or why everyone at least once, I assure you, said, hey, my table is chaotic or something chaotic happened or something along those lines. Mm. Because everyone has a say in what is going to on uh, what is going on and what is about to happen mm. or should have um and if your players have enough agency they are going to decide something that you cannot control and therefore there is this chaotic element something that you cannot foresee mm. something that is about to happen but you don't know what and then mm. you have to decide on how to interact with that and how to run with that and the, this uh, this is the part your players don't know and therefore this is the whole cycle of just running with each other's ideas but not knowing what comes next mm. and this is the part where everyone says yeah it's a bit chaotic at some point that's what we are all here to do to run 
run off each other's ideas and play the game as it is not necessarily intended, but as you as a table intended it to be. Yeah, I mean, I mean it is as intended, right? It, yeah. In the original formula of TTRPGs, it was intended that not everyone knows what's happening next. Everyone can guess. Everyone can try their best to make sure that what they want is gonna happen. Mm. But at the end of the day, there's always that element of surprise, that element of randomness, that element of whatever else, right? There's always that spice to it, mm -hmm. to the formula of TTRPGs. The, the basic formula of a TTRPG session is basically it starts with a prompt and then it's just reaction after reaction after reaction after reaction. Mm -hmm. And no, uh, and every reaction becomes the new prompt for the next, uh, next thing. And therefore it's a fluid and completely interchangeable and changing thing that is constantly shifting where you, you don't know what will happen at the end of the session just because you prompted something in the beginning. Because depending on how the reactions are, it might just get thrown out of the window within the first 20 seconds or in the last 20 seconds or somewhere in between. Mm. And I think the amazing thing about it, because you can collaboratively create something new that no one expects and everyone is just enthralled and enamored by the thing that you as a group, as a table created, because no one knew where it was going. And mm. it's new for everything, uh, new for everybody. And yeah. it's just witnessing or experience something new is always an exciting, mm. at least for my table, usually. Yeah. It's just interesting to see new things happen and appear and interact with. And yeah, and I think that's why it is necessary to have some sort of chaos in your game just because um, you want your players to have agency and your players having agency necessarily leads to some sort of chaos in my opinion i feel something that you've mentioned now um, is right that everyone gets a say in it and that's part of the formula for chaos right mm -hmm. if you as the gm control all the strings you know what's going to happen you don't need to let your players do something because well you know which way leads to where you want them to go right there's the big discussion of fudging and let's put it into this discussion as well a bit fudging is the controlling of the chaos that happens at the table now I am not gonna, as I said a thousand times before, I am not the one that's gonna forbid you from fudging your dice or your game in any way. I'm just asking you to think about what paths you're also blocking when you're starting to fudge. If you want to do it, do it because you know your table better than I do. 100%. You want to play the game you want to play. Uh, you want to play the game the way you want to play it. So if that involves fudging, you do that. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm thinking that inviting more chaos at my tables leads to a better game personally. That, however, means that I am not able to fudge the dice because then I am controlling more strings than I need to. And I think that's the thing, right? Everyone at your tables controls strings, certain strings. Their character, um, you control the world of the GM, the NPCs, maybe the players even control a few NPCs. Who knows? Maybe the players control a little bit about the other PCs as well and with connections and stuff like that. No one holds all the strings. And the best part about it is some strings are held by no person at the table but mm. by the dice by the yep. rules of the game 
and maybe even by whatever way the game itself might make uh, stuff be existent, right? Maybe the world holds a few strings and there's a clock that even you as the GM can't control that ticks down. Mm -hmm. And when the clock is ticking down, the game is over or something, right? For example, 10 Candles uses literal candles on the table to control stuff that happens in the game. Those do hold the strings. If you take the candles out of 10 Candles, what you're left with is nothing. You're literally taking out the the 10 candles out of 10 candles. One Mm -hmm. thing that you, with that is, right, no one will ever use this as a a defense of that the GM should hold more strings or more power because it just sounds dumb. But still, something that I thought about right now, uh, just now, is there's the saying, too many cooks spoil the broth, right? Mm -hmm. That is, in my opinion, the exact opposite of what you want in TTRPGs because it is first of first of all you're unable to spoil the broth if everyone is having fun with the broth it doesn't matter exactly. if the broth t- tastes good as long as it tastes funny enough for you as a group if one of you wants to put in a lot of salt then they can put in a lot of salt and the rest will have to deal with it but they can also put in whatever they want then at the end of the day you can either make a broth that tastes really really well or you can make a broth that tastes awful but everyone had fun doing the cooking process basically right everyone exactly. Your table is a cook for this broth. Yeah. Let everyone add to the broth. Mm-hmm. And I think um, in that regard, that, that saying works for most things, usually, when there isn't as much as uh, edge mus- uh, as much communication as there is in TTRPGs. Because in TTRPGs, you're literally there just to communicate, basically. It's just a way to, or a skin for you, for your communication. You mm-hmm. talk about things, you think about things, just say something happens and then you see if that happens or it just happens, but you're constantly in some sort of dialogue, in some sort of connection, and therefore you just always know what the others are putting into the broth and then can respond in a meaningful way to that and therefore adding the perfect thing next to the broth and so on and so forth. Yeah, Because you're all working on the same thing, but together and not everyone tries or shouldn't try to make this broth their own because it's Mm. a group project. And therefore you just communicate all the way, all the time, and can better combine all the flavors together. And therefore have an amazing broth at the end, either way, I think. No, I think think that it's totally possible for a TTRPG table to... Everyone has fun and and the game is great, but at the end of the day, when when you would put it into a broth, everything would taste like shit. Because I have friends that like way too much salt. I have friends that (laughs) can't handle spices at all and others that want to have a lot of spice. And I'm not talking about spices as in um, ingredients. I'm talking about the other type of spice. But still, at the end, we make it work, right? We work together on this project. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if the project is actually good for anyone else, as long as we as a table had fun in the creating of it. Because the creating of it is the consuming of it, right? No one has exactly. to consume this after the fact. Exactly. And that, that, that is exactly the point where this uh, saying kind of works, but kind of doesn't. Because the consumption and the production of the broth are the same. It's the same step. And, and then, since we are also doing actual plays, we also have to look at the actual play side of this. In actual plays, that's again true, mm-hmm. but also not. Because as long as everyone that is basically at the table is creating for the actual play, it's good. The problem is if before the actual play gets released to, to the audience is that there are a thousand different people that uh, try to jam their creative vision into what has already been created, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, actual plays are a media that I think works best if they are highly edited, yes, but only in the sense that 
the process of playing the game, the process of creation of this epic tale that you're spinning, for example, still shines through. Actual plays are cooking videos. Yeah. And I will not take further questions on that. Oh, per- oh, I love that. That is in the exam and you will have to write an essay on it. So if you're listening to this episode, oh. <laughs> take to Twitter, Blue Sky, Instagram, TikTok and prove me wrong or right. This is a challenge to everyone. Actual plays are just like cooking videos. I love that. Amazing. So, now that I fucked off everyone with my bad <laughs> fucking joke about actual plays and cooking videos, let's get back to chaos. Niels, I know this quest- asking this question is kind of redundant, but um, as a general rule of thumb, when as a GM should you maybe try to reel in the chaos? Keep it contained. If even when you notice that someone at the table or the whole table is just getting out of hand and therefore diminishing mm. the fun of everyone yeah. because it just gets too ridiculous in uh, for everyone to just to still see their characters and what they do and just noticing you're just spinning a random tale that um, that has nothing to do with the game itself uh, with the mechanics and everything mm-hmm. I think because then you can just have a nice evening of talking and making up weird shit and then you don't have to play TTRPGs when you're just getting too off character or just doing weird things for the uh, sake of it I think this is where you have to kind of intervene a bit to say hey mm, maybe keep it a bit more to the things at hand rather than not mm-hmm. I know what you mean yeah because if you can't play uh, or if you're not playing the game, it sounds mm-hmm. stupid, but it's the way it is. If the chaos is too much leaving the game space and just going into a let's have a fun talk, which is totally fine, then just have the fun talk, but leave out the game part. Yeah, I mean, you're completely right, but I was more talking about obviously chaos that also seeps into the game. If the table goes off track from the game itself, we don't need to talk about that. Obviously, you should kind of reel them back. But I think it still shows a point that you as a GM, in my opinion, at the same time have to be in the moment but also take a step back Hmm. and have a different view on what is happening at the table. You can still fully enjoy yourself. And players, you can also take a step back and evaluate, is the direction we're heading great? Is there something I can do about it? Right? You don't have to always live in the moment. But I think TTRPGs are about living in the moment. Hmm. But then again, we can also just split this up. And if we are taking a quick break, right? Are we going into the right direction? Do I want this direction? What does this direction entail? Or what do I think this direction entails right we don't know what is ahead of us we know what Mm -hmm. is behind us though and we can still make estimated guesses about the future and when those estimated guesses are something that we are saying we are looking at and thinking "Uh, i don't like that maybe i could try this to push it more into that direction or in another direction that i enjoy more it's not saying that you are that you have to do this But when you think about it a bit uh, and take a step back, you might get a different view on what is currently happening. And when that vision you are having isn't what you want, you can take the actions to make sure that it's what you want, right? And that can be on a small level, like, okay, I don't know, my character feels kind of weird. Maybe I should change this character aspect about them so in the future I have an easier time playing with that and that character, right? That is a personal thing that you don't necessarily need to talk about as a table 
table, but maybe when you're looking at the campaign and saying, I don't like the direction we're going, right? Maybe the best part to reel in the chaos is a talk at the table. Yeah. But as a GM, I think you are kinder expected to do that job all the time, but also not right every constant second of your being, but at least, right, evaluate where something is headed because, right, mm. you are the one preparing the game. You are the one that has the nose. You are the one that creates everything around the players. You at least should know a bit what direction, what motives, what themes are coming and evaluate those themes before they are coming. Yeah, and uh, since you prepared stuff and then know what your players did with that, you have a better estimate on where things might go than your players because you know uh, or have a bigger picture in front of you. And uh, you can show your characters what might entail their current way of uh, thinking with the actions from the world and then they can decide they still decide if they want to follow that path or choose another or deteriorate a bit and all of that there is still an element of chaos but a more controlled one because you mm. step back see what's what could happen and showing them what could happen or basically showing your players the options that their actions could lead to currently and then they will decide on how to change that or if they want to change that or not and i think it, this is a or a good way to do that is just use the world itself as a medium to convey that message mm. and but it still invites chaos but a more controlled form of it even though chaos itself isn't really controllable but kind of is it's a chaotic topic huh putting a damper on the chaos a bit but still inviting more of it it's a walk on the mirror's edge, but it can be a lot of fun if it works. For sure, right? Um, as we've said a countless amount of times, everything is a balancing act as a GM. The number one skill you as a GM need to have is balancing everything. GMing is not necessarily easy and at the same time not necessarily hard, but you need to find your balance of everything, how much prep you want to do, how much you want to improvise. And no, improvising itself does not invite more chaos by itself. Improvising can still mean just you in the moment make something up and then force everything to that idea. And mm -hmm. yes, improvising is about yes ending and no but. That should invite chaos, right? Because you go to your, your players, say something and you say yes and yes but it doesn't necessarily just lead to chaos, right? Because when your yes, when when your end is basically then again reeling them back, it doesn't do anything. Mm. And yes, improv classes teach you that you should always run with the ideas that others give you and then add something to them. And that is part of that chaos. I 100% agree. But I think saying that, for example, you should prep less to invite more chaos would be a false advice yeah, for me. Yeah, most definitely. Because it, it doesn't matter how much I prep. The question is just how much am I willing to not know what's going to happen next? And uh, one thing that just came to my mind with the yes and, and adding stuff um, is to control the chaos a bit, talk to your players about the magnitude of things that they add, kind of because chaos mm -hmm. is some sort of escalation of the situation in some way, shape or form. It definitely escalates the things that are or that happened before because of the reactions you have to them. If you talk to your players about the magnitude or the intensity of things that they add, you can kind of invite more and more chaos, but in smaller and smaller steps. And therefore, everyone has a say in it or even more say in it because every uh, there are more ideas coming in which makes it more chaotic but it escalates the situation slower or less quickly or less intensely and i think that this is a sweet spot where you want to be where everyone adds small little details everywhere 
and everywhere uh, and at any place at any time but not to a degree that from goes from a zero to a hundred real quick like mm. with, with one addition you don't want to change the whole situation um, on its head but it's a process of adding smaller things over and over and over and over again until it feels organic that it is the way that it is and i think that this is a talk that you should have with your players if you know or if you feel that whatever they are adding always just completely 180s the situation mm -hmm. because that's not fun for everyone uh, for anyone if you just or if you know that whatever the next person is saying you have to think up of a new com completely new thing to then have the same level of imp impact because mm -hmm. roughly and in roughly you want to have the same impact for everyone in a whole campaign if you see it campaign wide everyone should have roughly the same amount of impact of course it can vary from scene to scene but some people or some players are just completely turning the situation on its head every fucking time it gets hard to make the same level of impact felt or perceived for everyone for everybody and i think this is something that you should talk about with your players about the magnitude of adding to the chaos. Yeah, and I think, right, when you're looking at chaos and how much you want to invite, how much you are able to allow, how much your players even want to give, mm -hmm. some players might say, I am okay with being more passive in the creating of what is the future, right? I'm okay with just doing the quests that you give us without much thinking of my own. I don't want to create a backstory because... I don't want to do that and, and therefore not shape a future arc of our story or something. That's okay. That, that's okay, right? It, it mm -hmm. happens. That, that, that's fine. Everyone has their own styles in that. And then everyone has their own styles, as you said, right, in session zero, in talks and discussions with each other beforehand. Figure out where everyone's level lies. And then, as we've said before, you as a GM, you have to balance stuff. It's a balancing act. You have to you have to find the median and work everything together. Mm -hmm. And no, this is not something that only you have to do. It is something that you can explicitly state in session zero. We are all working on this together. So help me, people, please, right? If you notice something, make it known. If you want something, speak it out loud, right? Clear yeah. communication will help you in that. Looking now at the prep part of inviting chaos, right? As I said before, right, people might thinking improv obviously invites more chaos and prep won't. And the more you prep, the less chaos you want to invite. And I'm saying, I get what you're saying. And I definitely see the point, but I think that that is very much only thinking about the one type of prep that is often portrayed, mm. which is, I think, another whole problem the TTRPG space has, that prep looks different for everyone yeah. and not just like it is often portrayed, even by other us here on Double DM, we've often said that prep looks this in this way. But I think a lot of people, when they think about prep, they think about, heck, writing 15 pages in a Word document about the story. No, prep can be drawing background art for the scene. If yeah. you as a GM want to draw something. Prep can be learning and reading the rules of the game. That is also prep as a GM, period. Mm -hmm. Everything you do to prepare for your game is prep, not just writing notes down. And especially, I think because a lot of people have this conceived image of what prep is supposed to mean, that when, when, when for example, someone says, okay, how do you do a DM prep? And then someone says, I don't really prep, I just write five bullet points. Then that's your prep. That's not you don't prep, you just mm -hmm. prep a different way. Prep exactly. doesn't have to be writing down elaborate descriptions that you can read out loud how at 
adventures portrayed, right? The thing is that a lot of people, I think, look at pre-written adventures and say prep for homebrew or prep for these adventures basically looks like these notes. And it has mm. to be for everything that way. And I don't think that these adventures obviously provide you with a lot of information because they have to that you can then use in your prep. Mm. The prep could be reading the book, but you do not have to, for your homebrew campaigns, basically write a module. No, you don't. Yeah. You don't have to write texts you read. You don't have to write these informations down. You don't have to structure them like these adventures. It's just that we've been kind of conditioned to think that these adventures are the epitome of prep, which mm. is completely fucking wrong. Yeah. Mostly because right when most people start GMing, they take a module into their hands because this is probably easier this way. And then realize, no, it isn't. It yeah. can be if you start using the module in the way it wants to be used. But figuring that out already can be a lot of pain if it's not made very clear. Exactly. And I think when I get asked uh, what I recommend doing a homebrew campaign or a module first, I always say both. Usually mm -hmm. it de completely depends on you because, yeah, a module can be great because it has a lot of information that you don't have in a homebrew campaign. On the other hand, you don't have that framework. You don't mm. have that const uh, um, constricting framework of information that you then have to follow. Because you're way more free, it can be way easier for you. It completely depends on your creative process and on the way that you want mm. to play the game. And even if you want to have more agency and more chaos in your module games, you have to put on uh, put in a lot more work than for your homebrew campaign, mm. at least in my opinion. Because in a module, you have this more or less rigid framework of information, of locations, of situations, of plots that should happen sense in this whole module to make this module work in the first place. But in a homebrew campaign, you don't have that rigid framework. You can just do whatever the fuck you want, which can be paralyzing, but can be also very liberating completely depends on your situation and if you want a more chaotic game it completely changes the ways or the things that you want to prep or shouldn't or however your prep process looks is completely up to you but in in my experience in just for my personal games if i want to add invite more chaos i don't write the story down basically i write situations or more more or less i write the obstacles but not the ways to overcome these and therefore i just create situations where my pay uh, players kind of have to create something new because mm. i don't know how to achieve this or to overcome yeah. this obstacle but my players will find a way and therefore i have to go with that w way then and this kind of invites chaos mm. or is uh, the essence of it yeah. at least in for most of my games yeah when i prep i prep these obstacles and situations rather than the whole continuous storyline. Yeah. Because it's not, you don't plot a path. You plot exactly. the obstacles along some path. Exactly. And if your players take a path where that obstacle that you've created won't fit anymore, then they've already beaten the obstacle. Exactly. Don't quantum ogre that shit. Because exactly. it's way more fun. Sure, sure, yeah. You've done all your crazy work on this and you know your players will love this encounter or this obstacle and now they don't get to see it. Sure. You can quantum ogre it in a light way. Don't try to move it wherever the players are because you want them to finally see it now. They can always come back to this place where this encounter lies. And at some point, maybe they are in a place where that encounter might be come, come in again. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a different place, but it's... Um, let's take the literal ogre, right? The ogre is sitting in a cave and your players take a path 
not in the mountains. And mm. now you have no place to place the ogre anymore because you want them in, you want the ogre in a cave. Who says that your players might never venture into the mountains? It mm. maybe just takes more time and that's okay. You have that prepped. You can always look at it back. But if you prep in a less continuous way and more in a discontinued way, it is gonna give you more options to mix and match and react to whatever your players are doing, basically enabling them to do more stuff mm. and to give them the idea that they are also in control. Exactly. And giving them the option to say, yeah, let's go with that wild shit plan that you have because we don't know what happens, but we want to find out what happens. And you as a GM go, well, okay, I have these five stuff prepped. I know these things about the world. I know that whenever they, when they do that, these kind of things might happen, blah, 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 right? You might know the direction, you might know the theme, you might know the general consensus about it, but you don't know exactly what happens because then at the end of the day, there's still dice involved. Mm -hmm. Any kind of resolution mechanic, it can be card games, it can be tic-tac-toe, it can be whatever the fuck, it can be waiting for whatever the fuck to happen. Mm -hmm. But there is something that is basically out of your and your player's control. Honoring that resolution mechanic, the game, everything that no one really controls can invite more chaos at your tables. Hell yeah. It's again, right, this fudging discussion, I'm not saying that you as a GM and as a table itself, right, as a table, not just as a GM, as a table are allowed to say, no, we don't honor this dice result because we think it would be way cooler for that other thing to happen. Mm. If that's your opinion, sure, because you've decided that, you're all in agreement of that, then just go with it. No one can tell you otherwise. But I am saying from a neutral standpoint, not knowing what your table is about, why not at least entertain the idea of exactly. not fudging results, of not fudging anything and mm -hmm. inviting more chaos that way because you do not control the result. Yeah, and I think having that mindset comes usually with uh, more experience, at least in my mm. first. It, it can can be in, in my personal that's experience. That's a slippery slope, I think. That's a slippery slope, I think, because right yeah. only because you have more experience playing the game, you're not necessarily making better decisions than someone that hasn't no, played the game. Th for th as well. That's not uh, that's not what I want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know, I know, and I, I just want to make that clear before someone mm. takes that clip out of context. <laughs> yeah, it's just the longer you play the game, the more you know how to shape it the way you and your table yeah. likes to play. This is what I wanted to say. And if you want more chaos, the longer you play with the same group, especially, the better you know how to invite more chaos mm -hmm. as a table. The, this is the same thing for GMs and for players, because the longer you play with the same group, the same people, you uh, learn what they want and what they don't want. You learn how you can interact with each other to get the desired goal mm -hmm. or to achieve the desired thing. And as with everything, the longer you do something, the better you get at it. I don't want to say that starting off as a TTR, uh, in TTRPGs, you're bad. That's not what I want to say. You're good for the situation that you are in. And the longer you play, the better that situation gets and therefore the better you get as well. Yeah. That's all that I want to say with that. Your view changes with the experience, 100%, right? And I think that the longer you play, the better you know or learn how to tweak certain things in your game to achieve that desired goal of inviting more 
uh, more chaos into your game. It, it comes down, it comes down to a level of comfort, I think. Exactly. Right? You have made these experiences and can obviously evaluate for self which of these experiences were the best for you. And from there, you say, okay, I want these kind of experiences, and I know how to at least do my best to evoke them. And that's basically where you're at, right? The more experience you have, especially with the same table, the better everyone else knows everyone else and can direct the game into a direction everyone wants. I know one of my tables, which is my Tyranny of Dragons table, wants an epic fantasy campaign. And I think epic fantasy is kind of a little bit different from high fantasy. But at the end of the day, what we all want to, what, what these players want to do at the end of the day is be the heroes. Mm -hmm. That means that no matter how we play, no matter what chaos I want to invite, it needs to be correlated to the fucking part of being heroes, saving yeah. the day, being epic and cool, being revered by commoners for the stuff that they've done. That's what mm -hmm. they want. And I'm going to give them that because I know that they like that. And I know giving them that will invite them to do more stuff. And that's what I want, right? And um, what you also said, right, all comes with a little bit of experience, right? You know which chaos you want. You know what and how and everything. And I think especially, right, the thing is, there's this meme. This is my first character. He's a fighter that wants to avenge his father. And this is my 10th character. It's the witch with a gun, right? You mm -hmm. know the meme, right? The the, yeah. the more experience people have, the weirder their characters get, the, the, the stranger the concepts get and mm -hmm. what they want to play. This has many different origins, but I think it actually applies to this situation because what obviously falls on the table with this meme is that most of, most of the time, these 10 different characters from which we only know the first and the 10th were all played at the same table. Mm -hmm. And this person has first of all already played the fighter that wants to avenge their father with this table so they don't want to do it again. But second of all, they are way more comfortable with playing the strange chaotic stuff that they mm -hmm. also want to play. It's not that they never had that idea before. The ideas are still may, are, are maybe still the same or well they are changed but the person is mostly the same. Sure, the person has probably also changed a lot in those whatever long times between those 10 different campaigns or at least 10 different characters but it comes down to the fact that they are inviting more chaos because they are comfortable to invite more chaos and that comes from being comfortable with the table being comfortable with the people playing being comfortable with the game and every other aspect chaos comes through comfort at the table mm -hmm. which is also something very weird to say because when we think about chaos it's not comfortable for most people, at least if it's not chaos that they've created, mm -hmm. right? I don't have a problem with my room is messy, but if another person's room is messy in a different way than mine, sure, I won't say something. I won't be judging. I still feel kind of weird. I, I know what you mean. I think the more you play with the same group, especially, the more comfortable you get with the chaos at hand anyway. Not just you being able to create more chaos, but mm. living and uh, rever uh, revering in that chaos that others yeah. have created. I think that this just comes through time and comfort as well because um, or in general if you're comfortable in a situation you're more more comfortable with pushing mm -hmm. your boundaries as I think we talked about that before as well and going new routes and trying new things and I think the, the being comfortable as a baseline mm -hmm. is hugely important for that because then if something doesn't work out you're not shamed, not judged, not anything but you're in a comfortable space uh, that you can fall back to if something doesn't work out and if you have that um, safety net basically you're more willing to try something new 
and try something completely chaotic, so to speak, because you don't know what is going to happen next if you are trying something new as well. This is the same. It's the same thing, but a different part of chaos, mm -hmm. just you not knowing what is going to happen as well. And if you have that safety net, you're more likely to do so. If everyone has the same safety net as a comfortable place for everyone to fall back to, you're all more likely to go with that and then expand that comfortable say, uh, space, that safety net just gets bigger and better and more durable all the way with just you pushing the boundaries a bit and then okay yeah it's not that bad i can i can go with that sure let's go and then just keep it's a gift that keeps on giving basically <laughs> yeah yeah chaos man chaos man <laughs> 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 well, we, we've all had hero. that. <laughs> chaos. If Chaos Man were yeah. a TTRPG player or a TTRPG group, mm -hmm. I, I think it would be the one of uh, from one of my actual plays. Look, the combination of these four people <laughs> is insane. It's and amazing. I did not I expect it. it to work like that. And th I think that's right. The thing, Chaos, as I said before, right, it comes from synergy and it comes from being on the same wavelength. When I say this, I mean it 100%. You want Chaos at your tables. Mm -hmm. want to invite it in. You want to sow it as a GM and as a player, right? You want to do stuff that gathers reactions around the table to the stuff you did, right? You don't want to do... I think actually one thing as a, as a player and GM advisors, don't do complete stuff. Do stuff that is nearly complete, but has openings, right? For others mm -hmm. to connect yeah. I don't want to take too much away from the actual play that you're saying, but right, there was a situation where we were in a place where we said, okay, we need to leave this place. But how do we do this? We need to offend someone here, was my character's idea. Hmm. And oh, perfect, we found the perfect place to do it. Let's yep. do this. And the others instantly went, okay, I like that idea. Let's do it. And then they had their own ideas on how to do it. And we all had our different ideas on how to execute that plan. But that was only possible because I obviously didn't say everything. I left stuff out on purpose for the stuff mm -hmm. to happen. So the others could go with that stuff and run with it and create their own ideas from it. And I think that's exactly it. You want to be incomplete in your play. You don't want to be complete. Yeah. You want to have openings. You want to have even failings because that's more fun. I no plan that. is perfect and no plan survives the dice, right? That's because in each plan there is an opening that needs dice rolls involved, that needs randomness involved, that needs stuff involved and that's where the chaos comes in. So I think okay. that is a great advice to send us off. Be less complete in your fantasies that you're portraying, right? When you have your character in your head imagining something cool, take out a little puzzle piece from it and leave that puzzle piece to someone else. At the table, the dice, the game, whatever it may be, and maybe it will create something even better than you thought or Hell something yeah. worse that will make you laugh more. That's also good. Perfect. And I think with that, thank you all for listening and hear you on the next one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Double DM. It appears you liked this one. What we had to say and our advice helped you. Why not show us how we helped you in a rating or even write a review detailing us how we helped? You can do this on the platform that you are listening on right now. It's just a few clicks, doesn't take long, and helps us out. It gets us out there and our advice into more ears of more people. Thanks again for listening and joining us on this amazing journey. Have a great day and see you on the next one. Bye-bye.